I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brand is Female. This week, my guest on the show is Vicky Melner, co-founder and president of CAFA, the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards. Founded six years ago, CAFA celebrates outstanding achievement and emerging talent in the Canadian fashion industry. Prior to co-founding CAFA, Vicky worked in different industries, including fashion retail, music, entertainment, and nonprofit management. Since we're now a month away from CAFA 2019, I sat down with Vicky to talk about her vision for this platform, the state of Canada's fashion industry, and what it means for one's personal balance to be a busy mom running a successful fashion award platform. There is no balance. <laughs> I, you know, balance is a funny word. We all want balance, but I think a lot of people can probably relate to this. It's when you're running a business or, you know, working on multiple projects and then adding a layer of kids and family. Balance is a goal, but it just, it doesn't happen. Like you kind of, you know, I can only speak for myself. You know, you do what you do and you try to make it all work, but, you know, no one's perfect. And you kind of, every day is a new adventure and, and comes with its own kind of list of priorities and sometimes that you start off in the morning with one list and then by the end of the night it's a different list but that's also what makes it exciting and interesting and fun as always if you like today's show please subscribe to our podcast wherever you like to listen to them rate and review follow us on instagram at the brand is female and check out our new website at thebrandisfemale.com before I forget, there's a few tickets left for our event in conversation with The Brand is Female that's taking place on May 14th in Toronto, and it's featuring Janet Zuccarini, amazing global restaurant entrepreneur, and Najwa Zebian, an inspiring writer and activist. Check out the link on thebrandisfemale.com with all the details. And now, let's hear my conversation with Vicky Milner of CAFA. So CAFA started out uh, basically out of the need to create something to celebrate uh, the Canadian fashion industry. There wasn't uh, a big, you know, award show event um, that really brought the community together and celebrated all the amazing achievements and talent we had in this country in fashion um, in one night. So uh, in all these different categories from designers to models, photographers, image makers, fashion business leaders. Um, and we really wanted to create something special to acknowledge that, but also shine a, a great international spotlight on the talent that we had in this country and so that globally people would really pay attention. And did you work in the fashion industry prior to co-founding CAFA or you know, how did you get the idea to set up the platform? Um, so I did work in fashion a little bit as a sales rep um, a long time ago, but then I did go into different industries from the music industry and the non-for-profit sector. Um, and really, you know, CAFA really came out of uh, from looking around the landscape and um, and it wasn't just me, it was a number of people kind of coming together and seeing that there, there wasn't this industry event. Um, but really putting a lot of effort into making sure that it was done right. Um, so it really took about a year and a half before the first event came to be to do the research, to talk to people, to do a lot of roundtable discussions with people in the in the industry to make sure whatever that was being created um, was, was being done the right way. 
Number one, um, personally, I never claimed to be the expert <laughs> in what people needed out of an award show. I really wanted from the ground level to talk to different people. And again, different people in the industry from all sides to to see you know, what was missing in the industry currently. Um, if we did create an award show, how would it benefit them? How would it benefit their businesses? Uh, what could they get out of it? Uh, what what values they could have they could see out of it? And um, only after kind of getting that sense um, did you know plans really get set into motion to to building the event because, like I said, we wanted to do it the right way. Um, but also, I find when you engage people from the ground level. Um, they, they want to support it. They want to be your cheerleaders because you've involved them in the process. So they, they want to see it be a success. Um, and I think we, we really have managed to do a great job at that. And, you know, we're here six years later because of that ground level support that we got in the beginning. And why do you think that was never set up before? Why wasn't there already a platform like CAFA that somebody from the industry, for example, could have created? That's really hard to tell, you know, like, obviously, we're not the first organization to support Canadian fashion. There's, we, there's fashion weeks all over Canada. There's uh, Toronto Fashion Incubator. There's, you know, FGI, like different groups that were, were, were in the fashion space and doing their thing um, and doing it well. Um, we just came and found this very specific need and, and thought that we, we could come up and do this amazing award show and really create a great uh, splash with it. But also building the community is so important. And, and when you get everyone in the room like that together, you know, there is not only such a sense of pride for Canada, but really an amazing sense of camaraderie, of accomplishment, um, and a great, great opportunity for collaboration. You know, a lot of people meet at the award show or discover new talent. And I know, you know, many great things have happened since. So uh, we're proud to be kind of the instrument that can put these people together. Mm. And let's go back a few years earlier. So you worked in fashion for a while. You mentioned the music industry as well. And I know you were involved in a fundraising with SickKids. Yes. Um, at the start of your career, did you always know you had an interest in fashion? Was that something that was kind of a, a dream of yours? Or, or how did that, that come about? Um, you know what, to be honest, um, it's, it wasn't specifically just fashion. Um, I love creativity. So in all forms that it comes, I have a lot of... Uh, respect for people who work in, in, you know, whether it's fashion and music and film and TV and different arts and dance. Um, so, but the great thing, I think fashion really affects everyone, you know, from, from all those industries that I just mentioned, it, it weaves in and out. It's a form of self-expression as consumers. It's, it's how we use to express ourselves. And, um, I think also the world of fashion has changed a lot in, in, in how we shop and what we see and, and how uh, fashion is communicated. So it's, it's for me personally, I kind of came full circle from when I started, but it's such a even more exciting time to be in this industry because mm -hmm. of just what's out there and, and, and how 
we consume fashion has changed so much. There's so much opportunity right now. Mm-hmm. And you and I were discussing, we, we had lunch before this interview, and we discussed the fact that Canada as a as a brand and as how it's perceived internationally has really come a long way in the past few years, really. And it's kind of been a perfect storm in terms of visibility for the country, for uh, famous personalities wearing Canadian brands, uh, the Duchess of Sussex being an example, not to, not to mention her. Um, and has that, do you think that was part of, um, you know, the success that CAFA is experiencing today? Or was this just part of the times and this kind of, you know, this was this was meant to happen at some point for Canada anyway? Um, you know what, I think, I mean, um, definitely having people uh, like the Duchess, like um, Sophie Trudeau, any any international figures that are wearing Canadian of course, there's an immediate spotlight because the world is watching them. And so mm-hmm. it kind of elevates, um, you know, uh, the perception right away of, who, you know, who is that brand? Oh, let's look more further. Who, who's in Canada? Let's let's take a look. So it was it was kind of like the perfect storm of things. Um, I think when CAFA came along as, as the award show itself, it, it was a long time coming because there there's so much talent and it it needed a, a a platform to kind of show the world who's here collectively we are stronger together so we when we can shout from the rooftops together through an award show you know look at all these incredible uh, achievements that we're doing in this industry that makes more people pay attention mm-hmm. but then coupled with that as you said you know, you have all of these international figures wearing and supporting and putting it out on social media. That just boosted up even more for people to kind of really take a look. And I really hope that even more people now, you know, are going to be wearing Canadian that are that have that global kind of power mm-hmm. um, because it definitely makes our job, I wouldn't say easier, but it, it complements our job very much because mm-hmm. we're working hand in hand for that international spotlight. Mm. No, that's true. Um, you obviously, I mean, CAFA serves as a great platform for a lot of young creators, a lot of young designers. They benefit from mentorship as well. But I'd like to go back in in terms of your experience and the earlier days of your of your career. Did you have any role models or mentors that you looked up to or were influenced by? You know what? I, I I don't know if this is cheesy or not cheesy, but I'm just going to be honest. It's not it's not wasn't really someone in the industry like my dad's really my mentor because he's not definitely not in the fashion industry. But for me, the the kind of mentorship really is more about work ethic, respect, your reputation, how you treat people. Anything you do in this world, it's so important, those things. So whether you know, it's, it's, you're working in a fashion and music, you're a programmer, it doesn't matter. I think my, my role model as my dad, it's, I've just looked at how hard he's worked. I mean, we're immigrants, you know, for just came here to Canada when I was three and watching my family kind of build their lives from the beginning again. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, um, was very inspirational, you know, and now as an adult, um, and as a parent, I appreciate that even more because looking back on how hard they had to work to get to where they are, um, it's just incredible. So I think my role model just comes from that kind of essential kind of core of, you know, what you need to do and how hard you need to work to be successful. Nothing's handed to you. So 
um, I try to apply that in any job I've had. Hmm. Um, do you remember having, and maybe this was, um, you spent, you spent time working with sick kids. So, um, raising, raising funds for them, working on, um, events and, and marketing, I believe for them as well. Um, was that, was there a time where you ever faced challenges or, or obstacles, uh, in terms of what you were trying to achieve? Did anybody ever try to, Uh, tell you this is not possible and I know the fundraising you know <laughs> trade is a, is a difficult and challenging one yeah I mean I think um well the non-for-profit world is also very competitive there's amazing causes out there and I think you know everyone kind of feels connected to, to particular things um you know I think with anything whether it was at sick kids or even building CAFA You're always going to have people that believe in you, people who are going to doubt you, or people who have like zero expectations, and they're just kind of seeing what happens. And if you're successful, they'll get on that bandwagon later, you know. And I don't blame anyone for, you know, everyone has their own opinions and their own reasons for things. Um, of course, you know, in the beginning, sometimes when you're dreaming up things or you want to kind of think out of the box, you know, there's all there's people who kind of say, no, like it's always been done this way and you should just do it this way. And I think that applies to a lot of industries in general. But um, I think you just kind of have to trust yourself and believe that you have a particular way of doing things and a particular vision for something and that you just have to go with that because um, no one's going to do it like you're going to do it. Someone's going to do it how they want to do it. But you should never adapt to how they want to do it. You should do it the way you feel, you know, you want to do it. And you will make mistakes and that's fine. And hopefully you learn from them and then you pivot. But um, I think just believing in how you want to do things and do them is important. Mm -hmm. And what I find interesting is that when you started CAFA at that point, you were not working in the fashion industry specifically. So it was almost like an outsider was coming to the industry recommending that they build a platform to recognize, you know, their creators and designers. Um, how was that perceived? Was it uh, was it hard to convince, you know, members of the of the industry to join? And I mean, we see the success that CAFA is having today. So obviously they got on board. Yeah. Uh, but how did you deal with that, uh, that first approach? Yeah, I think... Me personally, um, not being in the industry for, you know, the last 20 years and all of a sudden doing this, people in the beginning, again, some people believed in it right away and were so excited that, you know, this platform was going to happen and that all these, you know, great things, it was going to do all these great things. Um, but then, yes, of course, people are like, oh, who are you like to tell us that we're, you know, you're going to do this award show. But that just goes back to my earlier kind of point, I really wanted to engage people from the ground up. So I, I feel like the minute people saw that I was asking them the questions, they kind of right away felt like better about things because they saw that I was interested, I was engaging, I wanted to learn, I wanted to know more. I really was passionate to make it work mm -hmm. in, in, the, in a way that everyone felt like it was valuable for them. Not that it was valuable for me, but it was valuable for the industry. And I think, I feel like I really wanted to give the industry the respect it deserved, you know, and that was from the first event that we did, that to make it feel like a real award show, that we involved real people who are important leaders in the industry. And not only from like, uh, you know, be on our panels or nominating committee or jury, but also who we were honoring. Um, and by the time we started the first event, a lot of people already knew about it because mm -hmm. I had talked to them. So 
it w- it felt better by that award show because you know a year and a half of talking to everyone, people kind of were getting it already mm. by then. And I mean, I I know I've I remember the first you know couple of editions of CAFA, and I was obviously working at jewelry industry at the time. So a lot of CAFA winners or you you know well usually the uh, the the winners in the jewelry or accessories category would come knocking on our door uh, at Burks, and they and that was their calling card. You know, we just won CAFA, and that brought them this whole aura, visibility, credibility. But it also gave them a huge dose of confidence. So how do you? What kind of feedback do you? get from uh, you know creators and designers that are winners at CAFA or, or finalists or participated in the nomination process? Oh, it's, it's, that's actually what keeps me doing what I'm doing. That's the most rewarding thing when people get nominated or win, you know, for sure, like it's opened up doors, you know, people have discovered them. So either they got into maybe stores they couldn't get into or they got a great media out of it and someone else discovered them, a stylist, a photographer, or they collaborated with someone they thought they could never collaborate before. Um, you know, I think people, the most important thing is when you do an award show, it's not just about that one night. It's really about the the longevity of, of what an award show does. Uh, like you said, whether it's giving them credibility or a connection, um, that's that's vital. And, and I've seen the direct results um, of those doors being open. But it's so special to me, too, when people up, are up on stage and they're, ex- uh, you know, accepting the award amongst a sea of their peers, they get very emotional about it because they've worked so hard to get to where they are. And and it's just nice to be recognized for that effort. Never mind what business, of course, it's important comes of it, but it's just we all kind of do our best to do the best that we can do. And for people to stand up and recognize your work and applaud and, and you feel a sense of support and it actually, you know, keeps you going to, to, to do more and, and, it, and it's inspiring. And so that emotional connection to being recognized, I think that is one of the greatest things of, of what we're doing, you know, mm. because, you know, we all need that. Mm. And let's talk about women designers and creators specifically for a minute. So um, what kind of of recognition or what kind of environment um, do you find we have in Canada for women designers specifically? Could be fashion, jewelry, accessories, beauty. Um, I think think it's a great environment. I think there's a lot of amazing female creators, like you said, in all those different sectors. Um, I think... There's a, there's a great sense of support. Of course, there could be more. I mean, now more than ever, that conversation is is really relevant of of how you know women are being supported, what doors are being opened. Um, but just looking at some of the female led businesses in fashion who have been extremely successful, um, I'm I'm very proud to to see that and how they also like support one another. You know, I think women should support each other and help collaborate, grow their business, spread the word uh, on each other. Again, through collaboration, we grow. So um, I think it's an exciting time for women and, and business in general. And what kind of uh, a future does a, and it could be against a man or a woman designer or creator, but um, we see um, in the US, for example, or in Europe, a lot of the designers, when you reach a certain level of success, it seems your chance of you know making it even bigger is to sell part of your company or sell your brand and join you know a bigger conglomerate. Um, what kind of future can a Canadian designer aspire to? 
Oh, boy. Um, well, let's see. Uh, I mean, the thing is right now, the last few years, I mean, I think, like you said, Canada is is getting a lot more attention. And, you know, before, you know, a lot of times, and there is, don't get me wrong, there's still some of that. I'm not going to be naive and say that it doesn't exist, that, you know, people leave the country, become bigger brands, mm-hmm. and then we're all excited about them mm-hmm. all of a sudden. But I have seen that there's a lot more uh, amazing brands that do decide to stay here and have had great international success. Like they run their businesses from here, but, you know, times have changed and they could, you know, sell all over the world and do what they need to do, uh, whether they're online or, you know, bricks and mortar or, you know, distribute. Um, but they stay in the country and that's been great to see where before that was less of a possibility at all. Like you just had to move full stop. Um, and I think Canadian consumers in general are also wanting to support more mm-hmm. Canadian designers, mm-hmm. you know, not just because they're Canadian and they want to support their own. And that's great. Of course, there's it's part of that, but, but also because they're that good. You know, they're getting more visibility to whether it's, like you said, jewelry brands or men's, women's, you know, different accessories. And they're realizing how great these brands are and they can really compete with any other country, any, and if you walk into a store, I always love to do the, the test. You know, you put 20 dresses on a rolling rack, show me who's Canadian. Mm-hmm. There's not like, you know, they're, they're just as beautiful and, and they, you know, the quality's there, everything's there. So I think Canadians are recognizing that more as, you know, in Canada, the Canadian consumers that we have great stuff and they, and they want to buy it and support it. And the international community is looking at that as well. Mm. Hmm. That that's very true and very encouraging. Um, I want to talk about uh, body diversity for a second, and we know that's such an important. Um, it's it's a debate in the fashion industry. It's an important issue. A lot of designers are making an effort. A lot of brands are trying to cater to a wider, uh, you know, uh, bracket of of sizes. And in Canada, we have some some leaders in that field. I'm thinking of Additionnel, who's working with Ashley Graham on a collection, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that for for what we call plus size mm-hmm. women. Um, how do you think? Um, do you think the Canadian fashion industry is really part of that movement? and making uh, kind of its contribution to this, you know, global movement that's in support of um, um, basically body positivity and body diversity? Yeah, I think um, I think there's room to grow, for sure. I have seen some great Canadian brands that has actually made that their platform mm. to kind of offer something for everyone. I've seen some, you know, influencers that have, have made that their platform as well. Um, I think it's a super important conversation. Like you said, we're not all one size and we've never have been. So it's nice to see whether it's on the runway or a brand finally getting it, that they need to offer something for everyone, but without compromising style. Um, you know, just because mm. you're a bit larger doesn't mean you have to look bad or wear exactly. or wear like one body kind of sh- silhouette. And so it's nice to see that people are finally getting that. Um, and but I'd like to see more for sure. I think I think there's room for improvement, but I think that's also globally. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's a global conversation, not just for Canada. But I, I do think it's going in the right direction, and we'll see a lot more brands. Uh, offering more. Mm, mm, I would agree with that. Um, 
Also, obviously, my I spent time working in the luxury industry, so I have an interest in uh, in brands that uh, that play in that specific area. And something that um, something that was said a lot is that um, Canadian brands cannot do real luxury because the codes of luxury um, are usually you know belonging to European brands, so brands from Italy, from France, who have a long history of craftsmanship in luxury categories, whether it's jewelry or you know high end leather goods and so on but we're seeing a lot of brands now and it could extend to the beauty sector as well mm-hmm. but we're seeing more and more brands and more designers who play in that area and who are creating beautiful products so i'm just curious to know what's your take on the the canadian version of luxury yeah i think obviously we can't compete with the history of you know old french houses that you know have been passing, you know, certain craft craftsmanship from generations to generations or Italy, you know, mm. of course. But I do feel like there's enough talent here that can play in that space. Um, I think sometimes it's that balance between like true luxury and just being priced at, at luxury because <laughs> you see that a lot too, like brands that think they are luxury, mm. but it's, it's not because of the price point. Like it, Like you said, it has to be in the tailoring in the in the fabrication in 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 the details you know and you know I'll I'll be honest there's a huge labor issue right now too in the people that can do luxury and and it's not just also a Canadian problem I talk to a lot of people globally it's sad to say but like sometimes it's like right now it's a dying art like a lot of those you know people who do things by hand or have you know that specific craftsmanship you know, that might fit that luxury criteria, there's less and less of them. And so I know that there's a big push to get more people excited and engaged in in that space, mm. because it would be sad to see it disappear after, you know, the next generation, because people don't find it attractive enough to go into or, you know, as a skill or whatever, they're doing different things. So um, I think we could do it. I, I, I just would love to see you know, the labor side of it increase because mm. we just, I, I know hearing from designers, it's, it's, it's a big problem right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and going from luxury to fast fashion. So there's a, there's a few brands we have seen who played in the fast fashion area. And unfortunately, uh, a few of those retail brands have disappears over the past couple of years, you know, in a tough economic climate and uh, with more competition from European brands or Asian brands opening fast fashion in Canada. Um, how do you think we can survive as, how, how does the Canadian fashion industry can survive, uh, you know, that competition over the next few years? To compete against a bigger box fast fashion? Yeah, with the uh, Zara, yeah. the H&M, the Uniqlo uh, coming to Canada and opening, you know, more retail spaces. Look, I think obviously fast fashion is not going anywhere. You know, it serves a certain purpose and um, it's it's here to stay. But I think, I think there's, there's a, and pe- people, it's funny because there's not a consumer that will only buy fast fashion or only buy, you know, Canadian goods. Mm. Normally people are a blend of, everything right but i think that people there's still a, a very much a desire to find unique pieces very much a desire to support local business mm-hmm. um i always say like when you support local business it's it's a trickle down effect whether that's a sole proprietor and you're helping you know that family and 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 giving them income 
all the way to a bigger business that's, you know, here, but is supporting the Canadian economy. Like there's a trickle down effect all the time. Um, and I think people realize that and they want to support it. And like I said, they, they don't want to always walk into a room with the risk of 20 other people wearing that same top. Mm-hmm. So, so, so people are, are looking for unique styles. They are looking for um, different brands. I know personally people that will only do that so that they can impress other people when, when they get compliments mm. and say, oh, this is like a unique piece I bought at this cool store, you know? So um, I don't think we need to, comp- we, we can't compete head on. We, sh- we should just focus on what our strengths, our strengths are, what we're good at, mm. and make sure that that always stays uh, on top. And the, and, and the marketing behind it is so important mm. because, you know, all these brands, some do it very well, but some obviously need some help. But I think how we tell the stories of these brands is super important to keep the consumers engaged. So, um, uh, but I, I don't think it's going away. I think full circle, people are looking for quality and, and uniqueness mm-hmm. in, in when they go shopping. And Canada has that to offer. Yes, a lot of it. <laughs> um Speaking of the need for marketing and now with social media being prevalent and almost becoming, you know, the number one platform to reach a consumer and then convert that consumer uh, in terms of them making a purchase. um, How do you think the Canadian, you know, designers, creators are faring when it comes to maximizing technology and social media specifically? Oh, gosh, I think some are doing it very well. I mean, it's we live, you know, we, we can shop at any time from anywhere, <laughs> you know, uh, with Instagram, any, any platform right now, you can shop and, and discover new, new brands. So I think there's, if you don't do it, you're almost behind. Mm-hmm. You, like I think brands, all brands are kind of upping their game in terms of how they're faring in the social media world. Some are just better at others just for, for various reasons, but, um, it's one of those, like I said, it's one of those things like if a brand doesn't know how to do that, they're going to be in trouble because that's just how we're consuming daily, what what products we want to buy, what what stories are behind brands, mm. what what a brand is about, what they stand for. Um, like I was telling you earlier, people sometimes don't even go to websites right now anymore. They go straight to Instagram. They go straight to Instagram to quickly check the feed, Mm. see what's there. And obviously a lot of now you can click and just shop from Instagram. So all of that technology is really innovating how we, we purchase and consume content and fashion and, um, is going to even get faster, I think in the, in the coming years. Mm. I think that makes sense. I think you're absolutely right on yeah. that one. Um, so tell me a bit about CAFA 2019. What can we expect from this year's edition in the spring? Uh, what's going to be the theme this year and a little bit about the programming? Yeah. Um, so this year for the awards specifically, we actually uh, made all of our categories self-nominating, which is super exciting. Uh, before six out of 16 categories people could only apply for, but now we just wanted to cast a wider net, give everyone a chance to put an application forward, number one, so we can discover and learn more about who they are, and so that others can as well, from our nominating committee to our jury. Um, The more we know about who's out there, the better. So we've gotten so many great applications in all the categories, and I'm excited to kind of dig into it with the panel, you know, narrow it down to our uh, final list of nominees. But 
the the applications are just getting better and better um, every year. So it's that's so exciting to see. Um, and also we introduced uh, makeup artist of the year and hair artist of the year mm-hmm. as two new categories that we're uh, awarding this year. Uh, so kind of to bring the beauty side of things into our kind of community and, and platform has been so exciting. Um, a lot of these talented artists already were engaged and, and are so integral to the community. So it's great to kind of formalize it too with um, two official categories for them. Mm, yeah, I think that's a brilliant idea. Um, now moving to the, the personal side a, mm-hmm. a little bit. So you're you're obviously a, a very busy, you know, businesswoman running CAFA, running the platform. And then that's, a, that's a, a lot of meetings, a lot of conversations and events across Canada. You're a mom as well. Uh, what keeps you grounded? What do you need to do to keep balance in your life on a, a day-to-day basis? There is no balance. <laughs> I, you know, balance is a funny word. We all want balance. But I think a lot of people can probably relate to this. It's when you're running a business or, you know, working on multiple projects and then adding a layer of kids and family. Balance is a goal, but it just it doesn't happen. Like you kind of, you know, I can only speak for myself. You know, you do what you do and you try to make it all work. But, you know, no one's perfect. And you kind of every day is a new adventure and and comes with its own kind of list of priorities and sometimes that you start off in the morning with one list and then by the end of the night it's a different list but that's also what makes it exciting and Mm -hmm. interesting and fun and um and it's also you don't know what's around the corner so it's uh you know that's life right like you kind of every day you wake up and and uh you do what you can do but I think the biggest thing for me is just to always kind of keep my goals and vision at the forefront Mm -hmm. you know The daily stuff, you know, will will change all the time. But as long as we're heading towards the right direction of where we want to be and and the goals we want for CAFA, the goals I personally, you know, want to see be achieved for our fashion community, for our country, um, that's kind of what keeps me going and what keeps kind of, you know, my daily kind of craziness, uh, exciting because I know we're all, we're always heading to, uh, forward towards mm-hmm. the goals. Um, what advice would you have for a young woman who wants to start out in the fashion industry? Um, you know what, when you say fashion, obviously it's very broad. So there's so many different parts to play within the industry. I would just say like, depending on what it is, do research first, see who some of the Uh, leaders are in that specific area, um, interning, volunteering, you know, asking someone for a coffee that you respect um, is always a, a great idea. That's how you learn. You know, I think, again, you, you have to be prepared to work hard for anything and, and you have to be able to play all roles and wear all the hats and to be really open. I think mm-hmm. the really successful people that I've met every every uh, every time always has had have had that kind of mentality about things like no job was too little no you know every everything counted and it's it's really all about experience and your reputation you know mm-hmm. if you're re- really willing to work hard and kind of go a little bit above and beyond um, every time slowly you build that reputation people respect you people want to work with you and one opportunity will always lead you to the next and I think that's key in in any work really but um in fashion specifically, like, yeah, I would just know as many people as you can and, and be willing to, to do a lot of different things. 
to, mm-hmm. to eventually get to where you want to be. That's very good advice. Um, there's a couple of signature questions that uh, I ask all my guests. And the first one is, if you could go back in time, is there something you would do differently in your life? Could be personal or professional. Hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, let's think. Uh, I don't know if um, I would necessarily change everything. I think anything. I think, I mean, I know a lot of people say this, you know, of course, every Everything has led you to the next thing. Um, But if I was going to talk to my younger self, I think I would just say, like, trust your instincts even more. I mean, I try to do that. But I think, you know, a lot of people give a lot of advice. Mm. And and not because they want to say something bad or whatever. People are just giving you their advice. And sometimes that gets really confusing. And your mind gets clouded. And then you start to second guess yourself when initially you did have some kind of instinct or some kind of belief or goal. I'm not saying don't listen to anybody because obviously sometimes you get good advice, but I think sometimes it's also just believing in yourself. Even if you make a mistake, you'll learn from it, but but, but keep with your own vision Mm. because it's true. It gets really noisy and everyone has an opinion. And sometimes you just have to say, like, make a decision to draw a line in the sand and actually just do what you need to do Mm. Uh, because then otherwise nothing will ever get done. Mm. That's so true. I like that answer. Um, And then if we fast forward 10 years from now and you look back, what will be the one thing that will have made you the most proud? Um, Well, I think, you know, the whole point of what we're doing with CAFA, it's, you know, it's for the country, it's, it's creating a legacy, you know, it's, I would love, I mean, we've already achieved so much, but, you know, right now, we do the award show, we do events all over the country right now, we have a business conference that we do during CAFA week, we have amazing partners. Um, and we have another conference um, with the kit called the Kit Connect conference and the fashion retail forum with the Globe and Mail. And we do, you know, all kind of collaborative events to create business opportunities for the community. I'd love to see, you know, in 10 years where we have, whether it's activations, partnerships, uh, collaborations with all sectors all around the country, but also globally, um, because I think, you know, we're doing what we can now in the country, but it would be great in 10 years from now to see even larger partnerships from around the world. Our mandate will always be to support and promote our industry. Um, but the more partnerships we have that can help um, spread that message, the better. Um, and I want to leave a legacy. This 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 uh, platform has so much opportunity to, you know, help designers, help brands, help creators to get even bigger, get to the next level on an international scale, um, and whatever we can do to help make that happen, I'd love to see. So just more growth in the next uh, five to 10 years would be great. And we wish you all of that growth. Um, Is there a book that marked or changed your life? Could be a movie as well, but preferably a book. I always go back to The Alchemist by uh, Paulo Coelho. Um, I know a lot of people have read that book, but I just remember reading it. I just love, I love the, the notion of that book where the universe is listening to you. I, you know, and whether, it doesn't matter what belief system you have, I do believe that you know, when you're constantly working towards something and you're putting it out there, things do stand, start to happen or align. It may not happen right away. It may happen five years from the time that you originally thought something. But I do believe if you keep putting things out there, 
something will come back and you just have to be open to it and you have to be kind of observant. Mm. You know, I think there's signs sometimes around us for things and they're not always noticeable, but I love that message of the book that, that there are signs and that the universe is listening and things do come back, not always in the way that you think they are going to, but when you look back, I think we can all say you see certain links in your life, how one thing resulted in something else, or you met somebody by chance and that led to something else. There are connections. So synchronicity. I th- synchronicity, mm-hmm. exactly. And I think that that book, I've, I've read it several times when I needed a reminder and, and it kind of, it, that, I love that theme of that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and is there a quote or a saying that you, you know, repeat to yourself over and over? Um, yes, <laughs> there, I be the change you wish to see in the world. It's a quote I like to live by. Um, it's, I know it's a popular quote, but it, it speaks to me because if you, it's true, if you're not going to be what you want the world to be, it's never going to happen, mm. you know, and if we all kind of, you know, did that, then it would be a different place. But it, obviously, it's easier said than done. And, you know, it's always it's, it's not easy to always be that change, but I think it's an important kind of motto just because it just it's just leading by example, you know? And if you could do that for whether if you have kids and you're doing it for your family or you have colleagues or you're mentoring someone, that's the best way for like the next generation to be different. Hmm. And I know you have girls. You're, you're a mom of two girls, I believe. Three. Three girls. <laughs> yeah. Are they interested in kind of following your footsteps, being involved in fashion at all, or are they going for something completely different? Um, two are not. <laughs> one, my little one, I think is. Okay. She's, she's very into fashion and beauty and kind of, you know, likes to be a bit more fancier. Um, but you know what, that's, that's great. Whatever I think anyone can, who has, who has kids, boys, girls, you kind of, you want them to be their own individuals and you want them to kind of follow their passion. Um, but, but, you know, put all, all they can into it and and you just want to be there to support them in whatever they choose to do so that's kind of my whatever they do as long as they're happy and and in their in their roles I'm, I'm happy for them mm. and what's next for vicky oh well now we have our event coming up may 30th so we're definitely planning an amazing awards night again um but like i said earlier for, uh, for me it's just looking for other collaborations, um, talking to more designers, doing stuff abroad, um, and just, you know, building the community because, um, you know, we're all busy and it's a big country and it's, it's the best when I can put people together or connect people for an opportunity. Um, I get the most reward out of that. So just hopefully more of that and, and kind of keeping keeping uh going forward with all our goals and plans for for CAFA and beyond you know we and I I say this at the awards sometimes as a speech but I think it's up to us to really um make an effort to really look within it's very easy to you know go to a mall and you know it's whoever's in the mall and you kind of you're going shopping and stuff but it's the the awareness and uh, is is an education of who's in the country is is key to, for us to then shop and and go to our retailers and say hey why don't you carry this brand it's amazing you should get to know this brand um, when consumers are interested and engaged and they're asking for it people do pay attention so I just gonna you know whoever's listening to this podcast 
you know, I love discovering new talent and it's not hard to do. So I encourage everyone to look up different Canadian designers, Canadian brands, uh, and make that effort to, to shop them, not because they're Canadian, but because they're excellent and you're going to fall in love with them. But then also to kind of talk about it, name them on social media, tag your favorite designer, Mm -hmm. go to the retailer and and say, Hey, you should, you know, buy this brand. It's amazing. Um, If we all did that, you know, that would greatly help the industry and the businesses um, get get even further ahead. Mm, yeah, that's a very good point. And actually, maybe I'll end by asking you, who are your personal favorite designers? I know that might not be politically correct. You're supporting a lot of brands. But what are some go-tos or brands that you've discovered in the, in the, in the recent time? Um, yeah, I think, look, it all it's all about personal style. Yeah, so there's, there's so many great brands. And uh, I, I love them or I love them on someone else, but maybe they're just not my style. You know, I tend to wear uh, more of a classic kind of silhouette. Um, so, uh, gosh, um, I really like, um, you know, I love Untitled and what they're doing. Um, I love Jenny Bird for jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Dean Davidson is great. Uh, Rita Teslin does beautiful. Alan Anderson, opulent, gorgeous, you know, also earrings. Outerwear, I'm, I love macage. I love Centaler. Um, gosh, there's, <laughs> I can go on and on. Sid, Ni- Sid Nigam's doing amazing oh, things yes. in, the, in the world. Bofi, um, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot. I'm going to get in trouble, but there's so a, there's a lot. You should head to the CAFA website and see yes. maybe recent winners yes. and kind of, you know, past editions as well. Yeah. And there, then pay attention to 2019. Exactly. Have a, a great lineup. To yeah. Show. Oh, Greta Constantine is also oh, makes amazing evening where there really is something for everybody. Mm. So whether your style is classic or edgy, uh, conservative, um, yeah, head to the CAF Awards website and you'll discover a lot of great talent there. Thank you so much, Vicky. Thank you. And good luck with CAFA 2019 and all of the upcoming projects. Thank you very much. If you like today's show, please subscribe, rate, and review. I'll be back in a week with a new guest on the show. Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.